Hey guys, we are getting close to the end of this sermon series. Um, we are uh, one more sermon after this one, I think, on the Sermon on the Mount, and I think we'll have it have it wrapped up. Although um, there's there's some verses at the end, verse 28 of chapter seven, that's not part of the sermon, but I think could be worth a sermon. Um, I'm going to read those right now. It says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, after the three chapters, everything we've talked about, uh, today we'll make the 15th Sunday we've talked about the Sermon on the Mount. It says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. It said, because he taught as one who had authority. Isn't that just, uh, we maybe should have read that before we got into this entire sermon series to realize that these people were blown away by the authority that Jesus taught with because they'd only heard Pharisees. They'd heard mere men teach. They'd never heard God come be with them in the flesh and speak with authority. It says, not as their teachers of the law. Well, this morning we are uh, in verse uh, 21 is where we're going to start. Uh, no, I'm sorry, verse 15 through verse 23 in a sermon titled, Known. Um, and I want to, 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 there's really two things. We're really going to look at two passages. 15 through 20 deals with one subset, and it deals with false preachers. Uh, and then verses 21 through 23 deal with, deals with false professors or false Christians. Um, so we're, that's the two things we're going to look at this morning. But God just it blew my mind when I saw what was here when I studied it uh, this week. Uh, but anybody in here ever watch Dude Perfect or online? Y'all ever watch Dude Perfect on YouTube? Somebody here. This row over here has seen Dude Perfect on YouTube, I know. Uh, they've, got a, um, they've got a series they do. They call them stereotypes, and they, they basically amplify different situations. And they've got one called uh, a pickup game uh, stereotypes, so like a basketball pickup game in a playground. And so they go through... You know, the type of people, if you go to the playground playing a pickup game, there's different personalities that are always, uh, that are always there, right? There's some uh, that, you know, the tall guy that shoots threes all the time and has never made one. The, the guy doesn't do anything the whole game but wants the ball at the end, you know, wants to make the winning shot, but he's never made one ever. Um, and so there was one called uh, Mr. Should Have Made the League, right? There's one stereotype of the guy that said it was Mr. Should Have Made the League, and so he was sitting on the bench, and they did, went through this little series. He was sitting there, like, "Yeah, man, I, I, you know, I was, I was in the league. Uh, you know, my coach forgot to send my tape in, or I'd have, I'd have made it. And then, you know, I had this knee injury. But I mean, the scouts—they were all there looking for me. I would have been there. And the other guys are like, "Oh, yeah, really? Which, which team?" And they're like, "The Clippers." Like, "Oh, yeah, all of them." It was the, you know, and just started naming out, naming out teams. And they all knew this guy was just talking, right? I mean, I could stand here and say, "I should have made the league." Right? I mean, if you all could just see me play, if you all just could have saw me in sixth grade the last time I played, uh, you would know I should have made the league. But what this guy was doing was talking the talk, right? But at some point, he was going to have to get on the court. And the things that he was saying and he was talking about, whether they were true or not would have been evident when he got on the court. And he did go on the court. And he was like, my buddy, I'm not, I'm not terrible. I'm like mediocre. I could have made like the church league or something, but not the NBA. But I had a buddy, I mean, just, just terrible. And he openly admitted, I mean, he'd get out there and a free throw and it'd go over the goal. You ever seen people like that? Just can't eat, like they, 
They throw it and it just hits the backboard and banks off. And that's how he was. And this is very much like this scripture. Jesus is going to tell his disciples right here, there are going to be people who talk the talk. But don't walk the walk. He gives us um, some important guidelines here. We're going to break these. This, they're going to take these two texts kind of separately. Y'all getting two sermons in one. You're like, first Sunday back, I'm getting two sermons in one. This is, I should have just streamed. I can turn it off easier from there. Two sermons in one. We're going to look at false preachers and what Jesus says about that. And then we're going to look at false Christians or false professors, which for me um, should be a sobering moment at the end of this sermon for us to all look at this scripture and search our hearts. He teaches here. Let's read these verses. I got a clicker here somewhere, I think. Yeah, let's read. Starting in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, it says, Watch out for false prophets. I like that. The first thing, watch out. Be on the lookout. Beware for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. That's like one of those tongue twisters. You all want to hear me say that three times fast? Hello? Yeah, they're still here. Every tree that does bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. This doesn't need a lot of expounding upon, but we're going to in just a moment. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? These are the things, these are the words that none of us ever want to hear. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me or depart from me, you evildoers. Let's take this text first looking at false preachers, false prophets as it's, um, as it's worded here, translated here. Uh, just take this point, and so what do we do with this? What is Jesus telling us that we need to be mindful of? And so the first thing that jumped out to me was that not everyone who appears good is good. All right? I mean, it is so easy in life to be naive and accepting of everybody you come across, and you just, we, we want to think the best of people, and I do my best to find the best in people, and it's hard for me to get to a point to, to write someone off, right, and say, that person is just not good. Because God tells me there's hope for everybody. But Jesus is teaching us plainly here. There are, one, preachers, but there are people that will come into your life that appear to be good, that you think are good for you. And they are not. <laughs> they are not. Some are actually downright evil. 
And some with intention, some are just deceived themselves and don't even know that they are so far from God, they don't even realize it. But these people, here's what they do. They will look to destroy you. They don't care to destroy you. They have one thing in mind, and it's personal gain. If you think about a, a wolf, right, and that's what he goes into here, they come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. What do wolves care about? Themselves. That's all they care about, getting enough to, they just want to fill their bellies. It's all about them, and these are the way these people will come across. You will see them and the, the fruit that they bear. Um, but they, some people that you think are good right now, some people that you have a high opinion of, are downright evil. That's a sobering thought. It should call us to some action that says, hey, maybe I should examine <laughs> some things myself. Maybe I should take this into consideration. He, he then goes on to use this illustration because these people would have known, one, they would have known sheep, so they, they would have known uh, you know, agriculture, they would have known about grapes and thornbridge and fig trees. They would have, this is talking their language, right? They're, this is how they're relating, how Jesus is relating to them. But he says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. When Bethany and I bought our house, uh, I don't remember how long ago, 11, 12 years ago, uh, it had a couple trees in it. Had no idea what they were. One time I went to uh, forestry judging competition for 4-H. Y'all ever heard of that? 4-H? No? Okay. I hadn't either. But my buddy's dad was a 4-H, and he's like, you should go to this thing with us when I was in probably middle school, I guess. And uh, we went down to Cave Run Lake. I have no idea where we, are, where we were. I've been to Cave Run Lake a lot as an adult, and I don't remember ever seeing the place we went that day. I don't know where we were. Uh, but they took you through the morning, and they went, and you looked at tree leaves, and you looked at bark, and, you know, you, they taught you what the trees were, and then you went back in the afternoon, and they tested you. You went around, and they'd say, what's this tree? A sheet of paper, and then they scored you. Um, I did not come in first, second, or third. I didn't place. I don't know. It was probably last. Um, but then we moved into our home, so I still think back to that memory sometimes. If we're out for a walk, Beth will say, what's that tree? And I'll just ramble something off. I'll say, I went to 4-H forestry judging. You know, I, can, I know every tree. Uh, it's a, that's an oak. That's a pin oak. That's a tulip poplar. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. But we had these trees in our yard at our house, and they ended up being fruit trees. I couldn't look at the bark or the leaf. I had no idea what it was going to be. But when the season came along and they had a harvest, when one hit the ground and I picked it up and I could look at it and I could bite into it, I knew what the tree was. On the surface, I could look and see, some people might be able to identify, but on the average, I can't, I don't know. But you cannot argue with a tree that has 100 apples hanging on it, <laughs> whether it is an apple tree or not. Because I was pretty sure as they started to grow, they were apples. Turned out to be pears. <laughs> right, when I got my first bite, that's not, I don't think that's an apple. Well, Jesus says, this is, a, this is the truth about people in your life that appear to be good. That on the surface, they will do all the things that look right, sound right, feel right. They will have charisma. But if you dig deeper and look for character... It'll be difficult to find. It says these same people will be just like that. Their fruit, their deeds, the life they live, the fruit that their life bears, both themselves and how they live and what they're pouring into other people and how those people are bearing, what kind of fruit are they doing. 
This is how you will know them. There's some powerful things in this for me. Because look at what this says. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. There's something powerful here for me is that the truth about an authentic, real Christian in their life to Christ, and in doing so, the Holy Spirit has come into their heart and lives inside of them. And there's, 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 listen, this is something that should get you excited, this verse right here, because this is what it's telling me. An authentic Christian is incapable of living a life that is characterized by bad fruit. Right now, I can, I can go to an apple tree, and every now and then there'll be a rotten apple on it. But it will not one year all of a sudden just have poisonous berries all over it. Right? A, a Christian life, we, we're not perfect. I'm not saying if you're an authentic Christian, you're going to be perfect every step of the way and never make a mistake and not have a blemish and never lose your temper and not fall into temptation every now and then. But Jesus is teaching us that we should have not perfection, but we should be progressing to be more and more like Jesus over our life. With the power of the Holy Spirit, we become holier and holier and holier. And we look more and more uh, like Christ and less and less like the world. So an authentic Christian, a good tree, will never be full of poisonous fruit. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. That means even though somebody looks good and it sounds good, eventually, eventually, they will be found out. Their life is bearing bad fruit. It tells us that's the way they'll be known. Well, what is this fruit you're talking of? Is it apples or pears or grapes? Let me tell you, Galatians in chapter 5, uh, he, said, he said, this one, the acts of the flesh... The bad fruit are obvious. There's sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Hey, anybody seen uh, Dude Perfect, Rage Monster? Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But it says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is forbearance, is kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified flesh with its passions and desires. By the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Paul was saying, once you've got the Holy Spirit in your life, it begins to bear good fruit. He finishes by saying these people will meet their demise at some point. <laughs> they will answer. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown 
into the fire, and he falls up again. Thus, by the fruit, you will recognize them. Now, are you going to be able to pick everybody out? And do I think, you know, one person can analyze every preacher? That, you know, all, and this is where preachers tend to go with this. Sometimes I've read some sermons where they literally called people out. You know, preachers, uh, you know, famous preachers said, these people are false preachers. Uh, I think that's pretty difficult to do. I think what Jesus is teaching us here is just to be careful, to do our homework, to be uh, uh, in Thessalonians. It says take every, not to take everything we hear for the truth, but self-educate and study and test the Spirit to not take everything at face value. Again, just to wrap this up, things to look for, character, not charisma, who they are, how they live, what they do is much more important than what they say. Their ethics, their behavior. Uh, do they preach the gospel? You'll find other uh, references throughout the New Testament that talked about false pro- preachers that they never get to the, the, the truth of the matter that mankind is hopeless without Jesus Christ. That our hope is in the and the resurrection. Now they will take all the verses and they'll say the good things and they'll turn Jesus into a good man that was a good teacher and here's how you need to try harder to be a better person and if you you got to follow these rules like Christ and they get very religious miss the entire gospel message. Let's go on to look at uh, what I think applies to each and every one of us. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. This is in verse 21. I want us to just sit here for a minute and realize what Jesus is saying here. He is not talking about people who have had complete disregard for the church or for God or complete disregard for caring whether they make it to heaven or not. He is talking about people who think they're going to heaven. He is talking about a group of people that think they are going to heaven. He's talking about a group of people who've probably been very religious in their lifetime. They've checked all the boxes. You ever meet somebody new and you start talking about your faith? At some point it comes up and you get, uh, yeah, I go to church. There's a, there's a level of difference between, yeah, I go to church and a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's actually danger in coming to church. Is that we can make it so, uh, so legalistic that we feel like if we've gone and I gave and I did and I volunteered... That when we get to the point where we've taken our last breath and when everything is on the line, eternity is on the line, that we will have somehow thought, especially if we're 
being taught by false preachers that never get to the gospel that just teach us to do good and be there and do these things. That there will be not just some people. Jesus says many. Many that think they made it. And he will say, depart from me. These are people who have accepted Christ in their minds, but not their hearts. These are people that might would say, oh, yeah, I know Jesus. I know he walked on the water, and I've, I know the nativity, and you know, he, was a great, he was a great guy. He was a great teacher. Um, he was a great martyr. He was a great man. He was a living example of how good men should be. And it's all here. They've not turned it over here. They've not given an ownership of their life. And so he goes on and he says, the only ones who make it to heaven are the ones who do my will, the will of my Father. How do we do the will of the Father? We accept Christ into our life and the Holy Spirit helps us do it. We just establish that. Because I want you to listen what he starts to say. This is, oh, this is like, uh, this group of people are like 10-year-olds, right? Because when, when we tell Rosie uh, something to do or not to do, it becomes the great negotiation. I feel like I'm at the UN. Because this is what these, this, these people do. They say, and, and Jesus says, well, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, listen to what they say. Their, their argument for why they should get into heaven did who? We. Whoa. There's nothing we can do to get into heaven, right? But they say, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? They've gotten the whole thing confused. They've used the power of of our creator, they've used the name of Jesus to build a name for themselves. They've gotten to the end, and when they have one case to make, they are so blinded to the truth that their case isn't made by saying what they've done. They start arguing their works. But I went to church every Sunday. But I went to this. I went to that. I, I gave. I, I, I mean, I did all the things that other Christians were doing. Let me tell you, God does not care what you do. He cares why you do it. He looks after the heart. Authentic Christians are doing it. We preached this not too long ago. What do we say? Why do we do good works? Because we can't contain them. An authentic Christian, the Spirit is dwelling up inside of them. And, and, and in Ephesians it says we were, we were created in Christ for good works that He prepared for us. Now, we can be like the dude perfect guy should have made the league and start trying to act like we can do all those things. We start trying to blend in and we start trying to do all those things and you've missed the substance. You've missed the hope that you have. See, the title of this sermon this morning is known. And it applies several different ways here. I think false preachers, eventually they will be known. We will know who was sincere and who was not.
in this last section, Jesus says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. And I thought in my heart as I was standing through this, God, I don't want to be in that group. I want to be known by you. I want him to say, I know you. Now listen, he knows everybody in the world. He knows your name. He knows you before. But there is a level deeper. There's a level stronger here that tells me when we give our heart to him, he says we become part of his family, children of God. And either he's going to say, I never knew you. And we're going to start being the 10-year-old that says, but, 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 but. Or he's going to see your heart and you're going to show up and you're just going to know you're going to have to say a word. And you're going to say, my hope is in Christ. My hope is in you. Thank you. I've, I've accepted your mercy and your grace because I couldn't do it on my own. A.W. Tozer says, the Bible recognizes no faith that does not lead to obedience, nor does it recognize any obedience that not does not spring from faith. The two are on opposite sides of the same coin. First John three twenty three says, "This is commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son Jesus Christ." And love one another as he gave us commandment to do unto others. As we come to this moment, we prepare to wrap up this morning. I'm just going to ask this question. How would you describe your life? What are the fruit? What's the fruit that you're producing? And then let me ask you this question. How would your spouse describe your life? How would your best friend describe your life? I don't want us to get confused here and say, because I'm bearing good fruit, that means I get into heaven. That's the exact opposite of what he's saying. He's saying, if Christ is in our heart, we will bear good fruit, and that's how they will be known. How do your coworkers, your customers, your patients, how would they describe their interactions with you on a daily basis? Are you kind? Are you, are, do you bear the fruits of the Spirit? Because these people, your children, the people close to you will know you by the fruit that you bear, the way you live your life. And if you can say, man, I, I'm not bearing spiritual fruit right now, the, the, the message is not you got to try harder. The message is you need Jesus. You need Jesus. I want to finish with this, this thought. And uh, there's a wonderful song. I encourage you all to go listen to it. Uh, it's called Known. It's by Torrin Wells. Uh, it says, I'm fully known and loved by you. Timothy Keller wrote this. He said, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. 
To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is what it means to be loved by God. Listen, if you really knew me, you would know. And this comes from a devotion from Torn Wells, um, along with his song. This, the, the first day's devotion um, talks about a, uh, a, a school that did this with their students. And they had them all write things down, and then they had them line up against the wall in the gymnasium. And, uh, and then they would read them off, and they would say, if this resonates with you, step out. And this was really trying to address bullying and different things, so we would get to see a little deeper of the people that are around us. Many of them wrote things like, I come from a broken home. I've been sexually abused. I've been physically abused. They later did this at a youth conference. Asked the same thing. And I want you to ask yourself right now, what would you put in there that people that really know you would know about you? Maybe it would say, I struggle with an addiction. Maybe it would say, I've contemplated suicide. Maybe it would say, I struggle with anxiety. And it's hard for me to even walk into a room that has people in it. Maybe it would say, I felt deep rejection. Maybe it would say, I've, I've messed my life up more than you can imagine. Maybe it would say, we're on the edge of divorce. Here's what God put on my heart for this morning is that he knows all of that. He knows you, your struggle, the places you've fallen short. There's only one way not to be in that group when, when Jesus says, I never knew you, and that is to give your life to him. He said, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. While, while, while you were out, you should have been his greatest enemy, and yet he loved you first. The very struggles that you're going through day to day, he said, bring them to me. I will give you rest. This morning, my heart's cry for you, for me, is to be known. Not known for great things we've done here on this earth. But to be known by Christ when it all comes down and when everything that matters is on the line. To be known by Him. God, as we prepare for a song this morning we thank you we thank you jesus for teaching this now it's difficult for to get us all to look at our own hearts and our own lives and say am i putting on a show am i talking the talk or is there substance in my heart and my relationship with you have we continued to grow am i progressing to be more and more like you
What kind of fruit am I producing in my life? God, I thank you that I have hope in you. God, we come here this morning as we get ready to sing as a group. The only thing that can change all this, and that is this decision, our life, to give our heart and follow you. I hear you speaking people's names just like you spoke to Matthew, like you spoke to Philip, and you said, follow me. It's that simple. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. stand with us this morning I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus this together as a church. This is what he's asking for.
giving him your everything this morning, just sing with us one last time that I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow follow you to each and every person for whosoever believeth upon you. God, we should not perish but have everlasting life. God, we can't work hard throughout our years and make our way in. God, we just have to put our trust in you. God, thank you for that call, the mercy and the grace and the promise you've given us that if we give our life to you, you would give us eternal life. You've pointed us As we found last week, the way to heaven is Jesus Christ. God, we pray that you go with us this week. You give us the strength, the courage to stand strong in our faith in you. God, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're here with us this morning, um, we thank you for joining us. Uh, We are not going to pass the plate. We're going to dismiss one row at a time again. If you would uh, just please uh, adhere to that. It would be much appreciated. Uh, If you brought an offering, we didn't pass it, but there is a a box out in the the fellowship hall uh, as you